Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Happy Monday, everyone. I hope you're all staying inside and staying healthy. Um, We are doing that as well over here. And I'm glad that you're listening in today because today I have another friend author who I know in person, and that always makes me extra excited to introduce them to you because she's a fabulous human being. And uh, her name is Louisa Baccio, and if you have never met her before, I'm going to read her bio so you can get a little inkling, and then we have have um, some free books so you could try her out and and, um, get a taste of it for free. So Louisa published her first erotic thriller, I can speak, in June of 2010. A Southern California native, she can't imagine living far away from the ocean. The multi-published author of erotic romance enjoys writing within all the realms from short stories to full-length novels. She shares her household with a supportive husband, two daughters growing too fast, and a multitude of pet craziness, two dogs, five fish tanks, an aviary, hamsters, rabbits, and hermit crabs. In her other life, she teaches college classes in English, journalism, and popular culture. You can find out more at her website, and I did put a link to the website right there on the Blog Talk site, so feel free to click anytime. You can sign up for her newsletter and check out her books over there. And so without any further ado are you there i am here thank you so much for having me here we we were supposed to see each other this coming weekend because you're going to come to occ to do a presentation yes yeah i and and it was like my favorite talk (laughs) yeah and now we're going to do it online yeah so we'll get to kind of wave to each other via zoom screen or something (laughs) and it was also supposed to be WonderCon this weekend I don't know if you were going to do that Mm -hmm. but it's like oh yeah my husband was actually working on on WonderCon but sadly all of that imploded when the virus went everywhere so bummer that we won't be at WonderCon um (laughs) but such is life now (laughs) I know but we still get to talk and make connections this way yeah, and I'm learning Zoom, so hopefully I'll be up and running on Saturday. <laughs> um, as you said, I teach college, and this week I did promise my students that I was going to do a media ethics presentation via Zoom. Um, so we will see how that goes beforehand. Yay! Oh, good luck to both of us. <laughs> I know. Two <laughs> tricks. And it's so funny now that we're all, you know, social isolating and everybody's learning how to use Zoom. And now I realize, you know, remember on the Jetsons, Judy Jetson had her little mask for her video phone. And I thought, dang, now we need those. I have to go brush my hair. You know, and it's a weird thing now that you say that, this like sense of how popular reality TV has been. And that glimpse into people's lives, and really now, <laughs> you can get a very much of a glimpse into people's lives. I'm right. Always really, I'm always really careful afterwards because I did one with some friends on like Friday, and I have this little thing that I've had for a long time because most laptops have like the built-in camera, so it's a little right. cover. I used to be low tech and actually just put a sticky note over it, but. 
I actually bought something that you slide it back and forth to have it covered or not covered because I'm afraid of my laptop turning on on me sometimes when I don't want it to. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, um, I want to talk about your book that is, I checked this morning and it was still free, but the sale is supposed to end any time. So if you're listening now, go check right now. But <laughs> Louisa has a free book right now, a threesome in New Orleans. And can you tell everybody about that? Why should they run grab it? So this is with Entangled Publishing. It's called The Vampire, the Witch, and the Werewolf, a New Orleans threesome. Um, it is one of my most popular books. I absolutely love the characters, the setting of New Orleans, and it's been upward for like six ninety nine for an ebook, and so this is the very first time it's been offered for free. Me really excited as an author because I think it opens it up to a lot more people to potentially read it. We don't get to set our price points all the time, um, and ah, the people is just so magical. So. Obviously, it's a threesome. You got the title that's there, but there's that interconnected <laughs> dynamics of how this is all going to work together, and as they're also fighting against a, a great unknown in the world. So we have some of that great unknown now, but this is one that's a little bit more specific. <laughs> it's a demon. <laughs> <laughs> And is this a series? Is this like the first book in a series, or is it just a, a standalone? Um, it is the first book in the series, the second one I've been working on, and I have been working on it for a long time. Um, it is a re-release, um, and there's a lot of changes that are being made, and for me, it's the process of being, let's say, true to the entire story while fixing the story itself. So. This was a story that, like I said, I'm rewriting, and I know what comes afterwards, so I'm trying to get all those pieces to come together. But at the same time, I have readers that read them before, and they want to make sure, too, that it's going to uh, be true to the original. So, and Right. <laughs> it's a lot of getting out of and, your own head and just going with what the story is, though, I think, when I get down to it. Right. Yeah, and I I wrote a book a series, the night series. I wrote a book out of order, so I had already written the first two, and I knew what was going to happen in book three. And then there was an opportunity for a novella that would be before all the other books, and and I discovered that it is really hard to make a book turn out, you know, like you were saying, you you know what needs to happen, but now you're you know, reworking the guts and you're like, no, 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 you can't do that. You have to go this way. And it's it's difficult as a writer to do that. Yeah. I, I have a novella in the series that's not out right now. Um, but it was a little bit of that too, because people had said, well, what happened before this one? You know, what, what are their stories? Right. And I was kind of like, ooh, okay. So, but a lot of times as a writer, you know what their story was because you had to get them to this point anyway. But it's, yeah, that process of <laughs> sharing sometimes what's in your head <laughs> isn't right. Come try it. And, and it can way. make it, it can make it slower than normal because you're, you're at times you're like fighting them. No, guys, <laughs> it has to go this way. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, and some ask when, like I said, this one is a threesome, it's a menage. Um, and I'm not exclusive in writing 
you know, male, female, or female, female. I've kind of jumped around a lot, but for me, it's always the characters who are telling me who their romantic interests are. And right. I follow that versus following just a set pattern of what I'm writing in particular. So at least for some openness and some excitement sometimes because you're kind of like, oh, okay, okay, I, I get that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I was poking around on your website because I'm familiar with the the werewolf, the vampire, and the and the witch because I write paranormals. So that, of course, was what stuck with me. But then when I was poking around your website, I saw all these other series. And, and I, I'm just curious, they all seem to be erotic romance, but you write it in all the different genres, right? I do erotic romance. And these days, I feel like I've been writing for so long that I'm like, it's romance. And if you like it, see me, then it's see me too. But, you know. Um, Contemporary and paranormal. Um, I started with the contemporary series, and that's the one that you probably see is The Sex University. And that was my very first book because I sold some short stories, and the publisher had said, what else do you have? Um, And that's what came out from it. Sales-wise, I love them, but my contemporary doesn't sell as well as my paranormal. And I found later on now as a writer that every time I try and write something that's contemporary, a ghost or a shifter or something ends up coming into it. Yes. I have (laughs) primarily I can say that I'm more paranormal now. Um, I am writing some stories for a magazine and those have to be, have to be, they have to be contemporary. Um, I don't think I've ever been dictated that, but all the ones that I see running in the magazine are contemporary, so that's what I'm writing mm-hmm. for them. That's nice. a different. Yeah. And do you ever see yourself writing in another genre? Do you have, like, secret ideas bouncing around in the back of your head? You know, one of my first stories, well, the very first one, the Sex University, I mean, that is an erotic thriller, and it does have a subplot of human trafficking in there. Um, so while it's an erotic romance, I get serious, and I did research, and it's something that I feel strongly about. Um, but I love reading thrillers, so like the Michael Connelly-type books. Um, mm-hmm. and I have, I have like a something based off of one of those. I got absolutely horrid reviews on when I took a class at UCLA on it. Um, what? <laughs> yes. I think it was more teacher-wise. He um, he just took a green pen and he slashed all my pages, and then he wrote, don't Aww. write with a thesaurus. And so afterwards Aww. I had gone up to him and I'm like, I don't write with a thesaurus. Can you tell me, like, what word kind of seems like it is? So, you know. I'm I'm aware of it, and it was someone that had been stabbed mm, at a very magical place in Southern California with an ice pick, and I had said that the blood was seeping from the wound. Now, you know, ice pick, it's not that big of a wound. It's not going to be. So it was the word seeping, and so I was like what? gushing, gushing, flowing, oozing, like... <laughs> What type of word is well, too fancy I've, there? Yeah, and I'm thinking seeping isn't a fancy word. What? 
so that's I don't know how much of that you have to take, but yes, I have like the thriller and stuff. Um, I love reading historical romance for the most part, and I think you're going to relate with this. I don't think I would ever write it because it's too much research. And then I have a vampire that's 180 years old, and I have to talk about what happened when he was younger. So. Right. <laughs> no, I can totally relate. And and I also love reading historical sometimes. I go through cycles. Usually I read paranormal and urban fantasy, but when I go, you know, through a cycle, I might do three historicals. And I realized a few years ago that I think what it is is historicals have the same kind of world building that paranormal does. You know, paranormal oh, has yeah. mates and, and historical has arranged marriages and, and you know, all these kind of things. And I was looking at it and I'm like, it's, it's very similar and they have different classes and you can't, you can't go beneath your class. And it's, it's very much, <laughs> it's very much like a paranormal. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, you can't go outside of the world that you've built or if you do, you have to really explain why and people can be on right. you. Um, I've read, Ava Lay recently. Um, she has historicals, and there's, I don't know, to me, there's nothing better than finding a writer that I like and reading book one and going, and she's got three more out, yes. You know? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is good well, when you I have don't... a series like yours where you get one book free and you have so many others in it. Right, and you can run out and grab all the rest. Yeah. <laughs> so, I was going to ask you too, um, because I know we're we're both California girls, but I also love New Orleans and have been there many times. And you chose New Orleans for the setting. Is is there a reason besides that it's the best paranormal town in in the world? Or it was something that I was really drawn to there, and I had started to write the story, and then soon afterwards, for my birthday, I visited. And it was just strange. It was one of those places that it really felt like I had been there before. I had lived there before. I could walk around and people were commenting on, like, I kind of knew where I was going. Um, wow. The characters in the story have, like, I was being kind of kind in cheek, but names that mean something. So Lawrence Justice. um but in book two, the last name is Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. And, you know, I went into the cemetery and there was a gravestone with that last name on it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a really strange thing. After that, I've been like six or seven times. And on my bucket list, I have a, I would love to rent a place long term there. You know, long term for me, two right. weeks. But I have right. younger <laughs> kids still. They're 13 and 17. So I never think about going away for a long period of time. Um, but yeah, but in just, a few years Yeah, there was just some type of magic that was there That I felt comfortable with And there's a bookstore in the French Quarter That seems very much like my bookstore And it's a secondhand store um, But all those elements I had in the story before I got there So maybe I was looking for it Maybe, who knows Maybe you lived there before Yeah <laughs> I love it. Very cool. 
So I always ask people who are on the podcast um, about their writing journey, and I know I think it's really interesting with you because you're also a college professor, so um, to have these two very different writing styles and personas behind you, how did you decide, you know, I'm, I'm going to write a romance novel? I think with romance specifically, it's something that I read growing up. So I've always been a writer. I can tell you I was writing stuff at seven. Um, I was on the yearbook staff in junior high and high school. I was in the newspaper staff in college. I continued and was editor of the school paper. Um, And then I always was a reader, you know, and I have two master's degrees, English and journalism, and I can tell you after all this time, you know, oh, I'm an only child. They tend to read more. Both grandmas read romance, though. Um, so maybe a little bit of mirroring. My grandma taught high school English for 30 years, and then she read two and three Harlequin novels a day afterwards. Um, so I saw it, <laughs> and I think that it's that connection, you know. As an only child, my natural mom growing up was sick a lot. I had that escape of going into a book. Um, Judy Bloom being like some of my very first romances myself or yes. the Deep Valley oh. High stories or, <laughs> you know, there's just that magic. Right. So I very much enjoy connecting with readers. I have readers that I've become friends with that I've known for years now. And I get that sometimes. I get that my books help them escape. Um, So while I have these stories that I want to tell or that I need to tell sometimes, I also know that I'm helping others by telling them. Um, Journalism-wise, I've always been someone who shares when I write. So I was always the fiction writer that is also nonfiction. Um, I went through infertility with my kids. I had pregnancy loss. I wrote a magazine feature on it, and then I had people writing me about how they had gone through those same types of things and it helped them reading that someone else was too. So I've always been someone that was able to share in those senses when it comes to my nonfiction writing. And did you ever um, come up against, I I know that, especially academia-wise, there are a lot of people who like to poo-poo a romance. Did you come up against a lot of that when you were starting out or maybe even still now? I don't know. It's getting a lot more, you know, girl power and and <laughs> stop, stop beating on romance. We sell the most books. Um, <laughs> but how how have you experienced that? I don't see it directly, fortunately. Um, My boss has known, who gives me classes at one of the universities for a while and seems to be supportive of it. I did a talk on campus recently on the secret life of a romance writer, and I was asked by the librarians, how come you don't put in the books that you have for when we look at, you know, the professor's publications every year? And I feel like I still have that because I'm kind of like, well, because they're romance. You know, it's not like the history of Joan of Arc. You know, right. Really highlight the <laughs> professor's books. It's like the Vampire, the Witch, and the Werewolf is going to be up there. You know, and they're like, and like, why, why? And then I, they even asked, they're like, why aren't oh, you I teaching? In the, why aren't you teaching in the English department? Because I'm teaching for journalism, but I'm also an alum from the school, and I like working with them. And I'm like, well, I keep pretty busy as it is. You know, I've considered doing English at this school. I 
but I also teach online poetry and literary criticism and seem to do enough with that. Um, where I have never had a student make me feel bad about what I'm writing, but I always try and be safe because I know that there are variances in belief systems and religious systems. So I don't want anyone to ever feel like I'm trying to sell them books as being their teacher or trying to push something on them because, you know, there's a huge level. But on the other side, sometimes right. I have LGBT students who I think see what I write and maybe feel a little bit more comfortable and open with me because they know I'm also not going to criticize them. Judge so I try them. and right. play it safe on both sides. Yeah, it's a tightrope that you're walking. Yeah, and that's probably where it came in from, you know, using a pseudonym when I started talking to my husband. And our kids were young at that time, so I was careful about that. Now my kids are old enough, and they're like, oh, yeah, I Googled you while we were at school today. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah. So – What's next for you? I you said you're working on the next um book for um the New Orleans series, but is that is that what's coming up next or what what's going to be next out for you? I actually have some shorts that are due next week. So those were on contract oh. for a magazine. Um and that's for which magazine? Due. It's for it's for uh a, a special erotic magazine, let's say. I don't want to quite say oh, what okay. it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but they're but they're due next week, and I've been working on my longer stuff. I need to finish book two in this series, which is called Chains of Silver. Um, main character is Silver, mm-hmm. and she's the sister of Trevor, who we meet in this book. Um, and then I have a couple other stories. I've been doing a whole lot of writing over the last year, and not that final finishing and sending them out. I've just been in that process creatively. I don't know where you're working on stuff and you kind of hold on to them. And after a while, I'm like, why haven't I sent this yet? You know, it's just. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. As a writer, let it go sometimes thing. you go through different processes and I've published more than 40 plus books. And every single time I submit, there's still that anxious, you know, thing that happens. Yeah, I don't think that ever goes away. I I still turn things in, and then you're waiting for edits, and after a week or so, you're like, oh, my God, they hate it, and they don't know how to tell me. (laughs) Or did they get it? (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Maybe I should check. (laughs) Yeah, it happens. And I know what it's like on both sides. (laughs) How are you holding up with the staying inside? You said you were already teaching online, but are you able to keep writing and and everything while all this is happening? I think that I'm actually making better um, borders for myself within the house. There's four of us that are home, Um, my husband and the two kids. And it's it's hard because normally late at night I spend time with my 17-year-old, but you know, since this is happening, I need more alone time. So it gets right. to a certain point, and at like twelve thirty or one a.m., I'm like, okay, I'm going in the back, and I'm going to write. Um, I tried during the daytime, but then my husband asked me like, why a trash can in the bedroom is knocked over or something, and you're like, now, now you need to ask for this. Uh, 
it's just we've been married 20 years and he still doesn't understand the mental process of writing sometimes right um so i think i'm holding up okay the work has been more because we i've had a transition you know like i'm going to do a zoom this week that would be spent creating but i think it's that finding time for yourself and doing it that is going to be helpful and help me create and maybe you know i talked about that escapism the fact that Writing helps escape and reading helps escape. And during this time period, if I can get an hour or two to myself, right, an, another world that, but then I have to turn off social media. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That's what's very hard for me. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened now? What exploded now? Because <laughs> last night, like, John Taylor announced from Duran Duran that he had had COVID-19 and he's recovering. And I'm like, oh, my God, if he would have died.
Right, right. And I think it does make a difference, just that tiny bit of peer pressure. I mean, my friends would never go, Lisa, shame on you or anything like that. But just that little bit of peer pressure that, you know, you don't want to be the one who didn't do what they said they were going to do. So you do it. And that seems to help me focus. (laughs) That has always helped me, too. Um, My husband doesn't do that. You know, he'll give me time alone, but he's never like, did you get that chapter done? (laughs) Right, right. Sometimes I wish, you know, shouldn't you be writing right now and not making cookies again? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I have a feeling we're all going to need to work out after the the pandemic. I see everybody baking. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Yeah, my Pilates studio is doing Zoom. I've done it twice in the week, but they didn't do reminders, and I have to set my own reminders because, you know, the times are different than what I used to. Right, right. I did two Zoom um, uh, yoga classes, and the pictures I took of my puppy are hysterical. She was just like, why are you on the floor? And she brought every toy and put it on the yoga mat. (laughs) Okay, this is not helping. This is not relaxing. (laughs) Licking my feet. I'm like, stop. (laughs) But she thought that was super cool. (laughs) Yeah. So um, we're rapidly running out of time, but before we go, I just wondered if you, I know you had a contest, I think that's over now, but do you have a newsletter? Is there, how do you want readers to connect with you? Um, Find me on Twitter. If you go to Facebook, Louisa Baccio Author has a page and there's a sign up for the newsletter there. I don't send them off very often, but if exciting things are happening, I do. So I let people know about it and they can just, find me online thank you for having and you're me on, on yeah you're welcome thanks for coming on i was so glad it worked out and you're on twitter too right yes so at louisa baccio perfect well thanks thanks so much for coming on and we will i'll see you soon on on zoom on saturday i know good luck we got one week <laughs> thank you thanks for joining us on book lights Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.